Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 3, Episode 15, Roz's Krantz and Gordenstein are dead, in which Roz atones for a minor felony by working at an elderly care home. Season 4, mate. Season 3, for <laughs> God's sake! Like, I'm not editing that out. I'm not editing that out. Listeners, Season 4, Episode 15. Key, do you think you would be prone or maybe tempted to speed were you a regular driver you know or i mean i don't think you've ever have you ever owned a car and driven never owned a car i've got a okay. license but okay no, yeah you, you have uh, your license i was like so you've, you've obviously never been caught speeding but do you think this is something you could fall into the trap of or do you think you'd be really diligent and you know I think I'd be really diligent. I used to have my first driving instructor I didn't particularly get on with. He was like always encouraging me to speed. Like you were doing like 27 in the 30s. Like, no, a, bit, a few more, a bit more, a bit more. That, that's quite common, especially in the 30s. So like you're pissing everyone off behind us. But it really stressed me out. I was like, I'm doing 27. It's not like I'm doing 10, okay? Honestly. Not too far off. It's like, no, a bit more, a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it was me like, oh God, he's going to make me, I'm going to end up speeding and getting caught before I've even got a license. I don't know how that works. Um, I think I think he gets the points on his license. Oh, that's fine then. It's not, it should have been like, yeah, you want to speed? Here we go. Um, I mean, yeah, touch wood, I have never been caught speeding. Um, that isn't to say I've, I've, I've never not been over the limit in some space. Well. Very, very, you know, maybe like 74 on the motorway, you know, very... Yeah. That's really an admission of guilt, people. That's an please, admission. Please, no. Get your hands off me. Um, so, you know, listeners, have you ever been caught by the uh, the dreaded traffic wardens or the cameras? Let us know. Um, it is a it's a big fear every time I'm on the roads, you know, especially in a place I don't know and I don't know what the speed camera situation is like. Because yeah. I love really being, catch you out. The, I love being the passenger in that situation where someone's not sure if they've been caught speeding and you oh, can yeah. just sit there and go, it flashed, it flashed. <laughs> well, just put the fear of God into them. Yeah, Remind me to never take you anywhere in my then, car. And then you get to just sit and watch as they spend the entire week. Every time the post comes, like running to the post, seeing if there's anything in there. Oh, here's my summons. <laughs> um, but yeah, listeners, let us know. Um, shall we took ourselves into trivia corner this week, okay? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Okay, so we have our usual questions from the uh, the quizzing cadre led by MK and Hammy this week. So question uh for you, Key, from Hammy this week. What was the speed limit in the area where Roz got caught going 60 miles an hour? Oh, God. Um, good question here from the Hamish Meister. a good Meister. question. My first thought is that it's either 30 or 40. Mm. And I wonder which of those is more common in the US. Obviously, 30 is the kind of standard in the UK. I, you're saying 30 is the standard here. I, I have no idea. I always thought, like, isn't there roads in America where there is no speed limit? Uh, possibly oh, not a thing. There's obviously the autobahn in Germany. Is that? Oh, okay. Oh, um, that's what I'm getting mixed up with. That's where you can just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> I am just going to go with thirty being a you know British average. Okay. Yeah. It's thirty. Yeah. Well played. Using your uh, your UK knowledge there. Love to see it. Um, question two key. How is the character Norman connected with me, Haim- Hamish? Norman and Hammy mm-hmm. are both huge fans of the Lion King. Mm. I like that. No, sorry. Just <laughs> like a massive bite of the sandwich. Um, it is Hamish's beloved. It's also called Helen. Oh, mm. how lovely. Mm. Okay, question three. Um, as I power through this delicious sandwich. There is an error in this episode when Maris is discussed. What is that error? Continuity there there is something that I picked up actually on about Marius, and I suspect this may be it. I think it could be. 
they on about uh, how it's like cruise ship season mm-hmm. and she's always on her own because she doesn't go because she's scared of her fates. But obviously later on in Voyage of the Damned, she's on a cruise ship with the Barracuda. And there's certainly a buffet there. Yeah, so I think that's a bit of an issue there. Absolutely. And also in Moondance, Maris is away because she's on a cruise in Moondance. We've even had a precedent that they're going against here. Um, But there you go. Some cracking questions from Hammy there. Missy Crane asks, when Roz goes back to the nursing home, we see her reading to Mrs. Goldenstein. What place does the book specifically mention? Oh, this is good actually because if you've seen Casablanca, yeah, same, okay, same goes. Paris, we'll always have Paris. Gay. Oh, Paris, indeed. I'm good going film. to uh, go to Paris for four nights in uh, in April oh. with Charles. Actually, oh, very nice. Which will, uh, which will be nice. Uh, trivia for Hot House Orchid: Who laughed at Maris's joke? Bonus question: Hot House Orchid will start a riot if Key doesn't do what? Um, so laughed at Maris's joke. Is this the one about the only um, the only <laughs> tree she's going to hug or embrace is her family tree? I Absolutely. Think. Uh, and uh, Niles laughed. Mm-hmm. No one else. In terms of starting a riot, I have no idea. Um, okay. You you could not possibly have known this, but <laughs> it's kind of a, a little comical aside. The, the answer is if if you don't change the rules and pick James Earl Jones as actor, oh. pick, I mean. I'm not going to say who I picked. I did dally on this for a while because um, mm. he's amazing in this episode. He is amazing. In this I episode. mean, he's just a brilliant actor. But okay. finally, for this battery key, trigger for Niall Crane. What color is the ornament we see on the chest of drawers in Norman's room? I have no idea. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> um, oh, do I do imagine though is that when they were designing that room, someone asked Norman. I mean, just his typical deadpan fashion. Went, Surprise me. Surprise me. <laughs> I love that. I am going to say a light sky blue. Damn it, I was going to try and point at my crisp packet. Oh, okay. It's green. Um, but you know, you know, a million miles away with blue there, Key. They're kind of the same vibe, aren't they? Oh, yeah, basically the same thing. That blue is and green. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you um, for that particular batch. We'll, uh, we'll go over to MK in a minute, Key. But what have you got for me this week? Okay, so again, <laughs> some questions I threw together fairly short notice. Um, we get a call at KACL in this episode. Who calls in? Oh, God. Is it someone who gets really angry with Frazier? Uh, he's very arrogant. He needed more confidence, but he's become arrogant. That was it. It's like, screw you. You can go yeah. to hell as well. And um, the line from Frazier is, as X goes to uh, march into Poland or march on Poland or something like that. Oh, man. In my head, I've got Ralph, but... No Ralph. Does it begin with an F? No. I've got nothing. <laughs> you got another 25 letters, mate. Should we go through? <laughs> no, I'm not playing Fraser Word. <laughs> Let me know, Joe. Okay. Uh, I think it's Chet from Whitby Island. Chet, man. How could yeah. I get Chet? Like Tom Hanks' annoying son, Chet Hanks. Yes. I know nothing about Chet Hanks, but... He's an yes. absolute waster who speaks in Jamaican patois for no reason. Um, okay. Even though he is a white American dude, bro. So make of that what you will. Um, what? Who always die in threes? Old people. What more specific than that? Always die in threes. Yeah. Doesn't Ross say they always come in threes? No. They always come in threes. And okay. Martin says, no, that's. Oh. Jesus Christ, Kim. I'm in such a bad, bad time oh. here. 
Is it an animal? No. It's like having 20 questions. Tell me, tell me. It's celebrities. Celebrities. Celebrities always die in trees. God damn it, I suck. Okay, third question. Hit me. Who thinks life always gets better? Life always gets better. I'm sure, yeah. If you, if you want to hear about life getting, how life will get better every year, you go speak to... Oh, my God. I don't know, Mrs. Edelman? It is Mrs. Edelman. No way! Oh, right? my God. Well, you want me to say life gets better each passing year? If you want to hear that, you go talk to Mrs. Edelman. You can't miss oh, her. Oh, man. Who has the inflatable unicorn or something around her. Yeah. Around her. What a lovely woman. Um... Was that your three questions, Kay? Those are my three questions, mate. Some yeah. lovely, lovely questions there. I'm sorry that I only got one out of three. Um, from MK Naoki, Frasier offers Eddie a rare compliment after Martin comments on the type of dance Eddie is doing. What's the type of dance and what is the compliment? So I'm pretty sure the type of dance, I think Martin says it's, it's a polka or he's practically doing a polka. Yep. And Frasier says like they'll get more money for him when he sells them to the circus or the carnival or something like that. That should up his price for the carnival. Absolutely, oh. well played. Oh, what one word description does Frasier use to refer to Roz's experience with Mr. Krantz? I did not catch this, but this was a word. It's a very specific and niche word that I actually used in a class um, this week. Um, uh, the context that I used, it would not help you. So I'm not going to... Uh... I would say, in the context, uh, the word I would use if I was trying to comfort her was maybe that it was an anomaly. Mm. So close. Aberration. Oh. Which I think yeah. has a similar meaning. Um, and isn't an aberration a mistake? Or like an imperfection, maybe? Because mm. um, I know, um, I remember when I first saw this term, this is why I used it in class the other week, one of my favourite films is The Assassination of Jesse James. And Roger Deakins, super famous cinematographer, um, he aberrated the edges of the frame so it looks like an old kind of dime store postcard from the Wild West. Yeah. Um, that's where I learned that term. So, yeah, let, let's, let's specifically have a little Google here. I feel anomaly would be better suited. Aberration, a departure from what is normal, usual, or, un- or expected, typically an unwelcome one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that works. There you go. So, I think, I think, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Both Crane boys have something very specific that they share in common this episode. For one of them, it's an earnest concern. For the other, it's fabricated. What's the commonality? Oh, I love uh, this question. What's something very specific and, dare I say, part of their kind of style? That's all I'll say. I have no idea. Um, what have they got in? I haven't got a clue. Cufflinks. Niles loses his Tiffany pair and is genuinely oh. upset. Frasier lies that he's on its fell out of his when he's trying to fix Helen's uh, life cast. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent stuff there from, uh, from MK. Trivia from Run for Your Life Key. What was Mrs. Edelman before she lost her mind? Um, was she an Avon lady? She was an Avon. The way I said, she was an Avon lady before she lost her mind. <laughs> um, and finally, trivia from Mrs. Guzman Crane. This episode featured guest star James Earl Jones, who famously voiced Mufasa in Disney's 1994 animated classic, The Lion King. Bonus points for each other Lion King cast member you can name who was also featured on Frasier. What a great question. The obvious one is Nathan Lane. Yes. Who played... Is it Timon? Timon, yeah, Timon. 
uh, and obviously was the one who stole Fraser's identity. I think Matthew Broderick, who played Simba, I can't hey. remember if he played young Simba or, or adult that Simba. That is absolutely I think, amazing. I think he's been a guest caller. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one, but I always remember him at the end of season when see the credits come up. He's a guy um, that says, I've been, I've been, he's at the gas station, he goes, I've been watching myself on the CCTV and the I video me is doing idea. things I don't agree with. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if there's anyone else. That's, I, don't, I don't, that's the entire cast of Lion King that I know, so... That is everyone, okay? Um, wow. And that is phenomenal, especially to get Matthew Broderick, I think. Um, really. I quite like Matthew Broderick as an actor, actually. I'm a big fan. Oh, I do. Um, do you know the whole in- incident with the, the car crash he was in? No. Mm. In, like, 1997, I think. Could be a bit earlier. Um, he, I don't know what the, I don't think he was drunk, because I don't know what the story is, but he drove onto the wrong side of the road in the UK, I think. Mm. Might even have been Scotland. Um, crashed into a car with a, 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 a and killed a mother and daughter. Um, and basically there was like no repercussions whatsoever. Um, I don't know what the deal is. Um, but yeah, he never got punished. Never went to prison. Um, as far as I'm aware. Um, but there you go. Some not to disparage Matthew Broderick entirely, but uh, you know, because I like him as an actor. I feel like you really need to fact check that before this goes to air, mate, just in case it's not him. I can't. Okay. No, it, it is him. Let me, let, me, uh, let me get Wiki, let me get Wikipedia up. Here we go. Um, 1987, whilst driving a rented BMW in Northern Ireland, Broderick crossed into the wrong lane and collided head-on with a Volvo. The driver, Anna Gallagher, 28, and her mother, Margaret Doherty, 63, were both killed instantly. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey, um, whom he had been, begun dating in semi-secrecy during the filming of Ferris Bueller. Um, he suffered a fractured legs and ribs. But, but Broderick told the police he had no recollection of the crash and did not know why he had been in the wrong lane. Um, he was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to five years in prison. He was convicted of the lesser charge of careless driving and fined £100. That's it. That's all that happened. So there you go. Um, kind of crazy, and then in Feb 2012, he was in a Honda commercial at the Super Bowl. Um, posted without comment. <laughs> mm. uh, shall we? Uh, you seem un- you seem un- you seem a bit perturbed by that news. I, okay? just, I, I never knew that. God, uh, I, I, I feel like I've kind of crushed your your Matthew Broderick dreams. Um, sorry about the wrapping. I'm just opening a pack of crisps here. Um, shall we chuck ourselves into the review this week? Okay? Yes, mate. Animation watch. You know what to do. Oh, I mean, mm. want, um, I think... That was nice, kid. What, what was that? Just describe what you just did for uh... a... Put my hands out. Just put my hands out there, a little squeezy, um, squeezy motion. I think it's a flashing light. It is, which I think is actually the very first ever animation that we have on Frasier. I'm adamant that's what, what one or two is. Um, don't quote me on that. I get a lot wrong on this podcast. So, um, but yeah. A classic. Nice little throwback there. Fraser and Niles in the car. Um, we get Niles talking about his fear of commitment group. Um, two of them are getting married. It's that kind of variation, isn't it, on that joke we always talk about. This is kind of a new one that I'd forgotten. Um, that flag for you when you heard this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been a while, I think, since we've had a group joke that Niles has done. And whilst this one isn't necessarily a joke, because it, it's more aimed at showing his success more so than being comedic, it does. It did flag instantly. Um, so yeah, we've got a group reference again. We do. We do indeed. But they are new age types, and they want to get married in the woods. And you do know that the women in Nars' crowd do tend to droop outdoors. Um, 
I mean, would you want to what? attend a wedding in the woods? Okay, does that appeal to you? I find it strange that the people who are attending a wedding in the woods are the people who can afford Niles's hourly rate. I feel like new age <laughs> people who are getting new age weddings aren't usually affording very expensive psychiatrists. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be against going to a wedding in the woods. I wouldn't get married in a woods, but I wouldn't be against going. I mean, are you, uh, are you she's a like, you could use, man. you could, you could, I, I am a church man. You had to get married in our local church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you could get in line that, you know, she's like a wood or cool and, and shady. shady. <laughs> that would be fun. She makes the bravest cat go for right here. Um, but yeah, that would be fun. I'd love to see that uh, a wedding. You and you and Shang get married in the woods, Kian. I'll be there on the piano. Um, Niall spots Roz now doing community service. Oh, Roz. <laughs> Just <laughs> wonderfully counseling. Utterly humiliated. Oh, Roz. Oh, Roz. And it's the way that Roz is like, no, you don't, you can't see me. This is happening. What what good is that gonna do? <laughs> I have no idea. Honestly, absolutely pointless. Um, but yeah, Roz quickly gets into the car. You know, she's basically saying, Let, get me out of here. She found what human body part on the road? An ear. She found an ear. An ear. Do we think it was the right or left? I think left. Really? No, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I wonder how that got there. I'm going to say cougar attack. Um, oh, that's a good choice. Are there many cougars in Seattle? I have no idea. Probably probably no. I'm probably going to get told cougars are native to the, the East Coast and there's none in the Pacific Northwest. Because these things like this, well, is why we get reviews on Apple, like saying they could do a little bit of research. It's not hard. I mean, the guy has a point because I'm saying a lot of erroneous stuff today. We'll just throw stuff out there. Some of it might be right. Yeah. I'll make a great lawyer. <laughs> um, so Ross now, she's like threatening to stab Niles, with, which is really quite graphic, the thought of that yeah. going into his head. Your, your brother gets it. No, nope, I'm okay. I'm not going to move. <laughs> Headrest. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Surely driving off with Ross is a felony yeah. in of itself. I think it is. I mm. think that uh, she's going to get into a lot more trouble for just like skipping out on her community service than she will for just speeding in the first place oh i completely agree um is it worth the hassle you know i mean is it that bad is it really i mean yeah okay she saw an ear she picked up an ear what do you do i mean just... who, who among us hasn't told that story you know? i know right that's just a that's a nice brisk walk in the woods i mean wait till niles goes to the woods for his new age wedding i'm sure he'll find lots of different things lots of limbs you know yeah. and, and, and appendages um there we go back at kacl now no 1901 i should say um, Daphne and, and Martin are kind of making progress with his physical regime. Um, Niles' delivery of, we're all glad you took this position when Daphne's kind of bent over. Um, are you okay? You're yawning. I'm just yawning a lot. I don't know what it is. I'm Honestly, so it's, pro- it's probably because we've been on Zoom for two hours. Um, yeah, that could be it. Prior to recording, you're going to be absolutely knackered. Like, I'm so sorry. You have a um, na- when I get to the barbers, if he ever actually opens, I'm sure a little mm. nap in the chair while he does what he needs to do. Mm. That sounds heavenly. Yeah, don't, don't mind me, Matt. When my eyes closed, I leave <laughs> myself entirely in your hands as to what you think you should do. <laughs> um, Niles has lost his Tiffany cufflinks. He knows Fraser's pain, of course. And this is completely comparable um, to, to Fraser's basically moaning that he has no idea if any of his patients have ever got better. Um, kind of tone deaf from, uh, from Niles here. Um, Bulldog is appearing at KSCL now, um, which is nice because it feels like it's been a while since we've seen Bulldog. 
um, though I can't say to certain. If I'm sorry, you just yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make you feel so self-conscious. I don't know what it is. Like, oh. I'm just suddenly, suddenly like it's like a switch has turned. Not turned. Okay. Inflect. I said it inflect. Take five minutes. No, take no, thirty no. seconds. I'm just gonna oh. eat these crisps. Okay. I'm gonna oh, stretch. Oh, good. Oh, I haven't even. I honestly don't have a clue what I've said so far. I've just been talking on autopilot. I think something about various limbs being in any wood that you ever go to. That's not true. It um, is. It is. Mm. Mm. Okay. I am ready. We're at KCL. The bulldog, the bullmeister, the bullmeister is there. Um, um, and you know what? Sakros, he's right. You know, he sacks people before they get comfortable. You know, doctors, they're one. Once you get the same disease three or four, three or times, four times, and they suddenly make out like it's your fault, mm. it's graceful. Which STD do we think he's referring to specifically? I think chlamydia. Do you? I'm going to go with gonorrhea personally. I feel like chlamydia always feels to me like the mainstream STD that people get. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think chlamydia is quite bad in terms of like it can make women infertile and stuff. Oh, really? Uh, I think so. I don't, again, I don't suppose there's any STDs that are good. There's no one really hoping to get one. No, so. no, maybe there's a few, you know, kind of sexy <laughs> ones. Um, no, I'm joking, of course. Of course not. Um, if you're listening, get yourself checked. <laughs> um, why is Frasier's show so inconsistent with its popularity, given that it's, it's huge, he's a celebrity in Seattle? Some shows, the line's off the hook. Other shows, no one's calling in. Um, it's remarkably inconsistent. Yeah, I feel like maybe that just must be something that happens occasionally. I mean, when you're on the talks for ever have episodes where just no one speaks, where no one calls I, I, I long for that so that they'll lose money and have to go off the I've, air. I've never listened to it. So my dad listens to it religiously. Like Jim White's insanely grating voice. Yeah. Goes through me, man. Um but yeah. So maybe it happens. Maybe, maybe it does happen. But um anyway, Chet. Chet phones in um, now to talk you about know, his advice. You know what I say? Scrub! Scrub! Now people <laughs> say I'm downright arrogant. <laughs> Just the, the sudden transition is, is phenomenal. Um, um, but yeah, it very much could be Chet Hanks on the other end of the line here. He's, he's got a lot in common with old uh, Chanks. Bulldog, there's some terrifying sex logic I've put here. But I can't specifically remember what he says. Um, so basically, Ross is talking about how uh, Mr. Krantz died on us. He said, you're a dead man. And he was. Um, Bulldog walks in. It's obviously only half, had half a story. And says, it's a little pet peeve of his. Why is it always the guy's fault if he dies? You know, if maybe if you chicks needed a little less booze to get from maybe to yes, That's we'd it. be a lot more alert when the moment of truth arrives. That is his quote. I'm not saying that. That is the logic I was referring to. The plying women with alcohol to get them into bed. Yes. Um, you know, Bulldog is a character we both love. He's funny. I love him. I love him appearing. Some of the stuff he comes out with, he needs to be in prison. Um, it's, it's a yikes. It's a yikes. Uh, definitely yikes. Um, but yeah, just bulldog. Let's leave him in KSCL and move to the old people's home where Gordonstein is about to die. Um, Krantz is already dead at this point, um, which is obviously what Ross was talking about at KSCL. Do you know what this uh, title is? This Ross is Krantz and Gordonstein referring to key. You're a drama man. I th- did they run a theatre company or something, or or are they famous like direct like it's a very it's it really rings a bell, but I can't quite put my finger on it. But I feel like maybe they maybe it was even maybe like vaudeville or something like that back in the day. I just I feel they did something like that. 
You're getting into the vibes. It is a play by Tom Stoppard called Okay, I was knowing that. Yeah. Called Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are dead. Um, and basically, I don't know specifically what the play is about, but Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are two really minor characters in Hamlet. Um, oh, okay. That he, that I think they're on the on the way to see him or something. But basically, it's like a kind of satirical elevation of two minor characters into into a full lead performance. But it's meant to be quite famous oh. and good. But I'm not I'm not that familiar with Tom Stoppard. But there you go. Um, but yeah, reading a touching story. I don't know what it was. We have that reference to Paris we've already mentioned. But yeah. Specifically, I, I don't really know, you know, what the uh, what the vibe is there. Niles is back from his uh, his big wedding in the woods uh, um, at 1901. I just I don't really get why he why he went just because they were his patients and like who did he end up taking? Oh, he goes with Maris. He goes with Maris because she doesn't go on cruises. No one else is on a cruise. Apparently. The only tree she's embracing is a family tree. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just don't see Niles going to this. Even if he and Maris were like happily together and they're like, oh, should we go to his wedding? Outdoors stuff. Niles does tend to droop just like the women in his. Yeah, I, I'm surprised Niles has gone. I don't really understand it. It doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. Um, why would Maris agree to go? I mean, I don't see that coming either. Why, you know, I, I don't see her being a wedding type generally, particularly not in the in the woods. I imagine she quite looked down on a new age wedding. So I don't Massively. really really understand it. It doesn't, I don't know, this whole bit to me, I like the bit. I mean, I don't really get it. The whole, you know, I suppose this is the almost a third but is it a secondary story the b plot i suppose i guess you would call it but, that, but do you count flimsy. i mean what yeah what what because there's really three plots in this isn't it? there's um james l jones there's Roz, that's probably i mean yeah like and, and then this the b plot is probably frazier and james l jones but so is this the c plot essentially and was it needed i don't think it was really needed if just me, to it, give niall some lines really yeah and it doesn't really work i don't find it particularly funny the joke about sap, yeah, that's it's not great, you know. It's not, um, it's not great. So for me, it's not, it's it's not brilliant. Um, mm. I, just, I find it a little bit unnecessary. I'd like to have seen more Roz, actually. I think they could have just bumped, buffed up that that a plot a bit more. Um, I think so. Just take, have that her and Fraser and, and James Earl Jones. Yeah, and taken away the need for this whole. I mean, I suppose there's not a great deal here, but you know, I, I don't really see the need for it. Yeah, and like getting Bulldog in, getting Daphne and Martin in as well. This feels like an episode where they're like, they were contractually obliged to get all of the main cast of the time, airtime. Um, yeah. It has got a weird feeling to it. And I wonder if anyone listening can have that vibe. I, d- I did put, we get a lot of Maris details in this episode as well. Again, kind of another quote unquote recurring, you know, character um, who's also at length discussed in this episode. You know, she hates cruises and buffets, which we know isn't strictly true um or she hates cruises because of buffets um but yeah so interesting one i wonder what people make of that twice this episode roz is misinterpreted to be talking about erections now um in ksl it was you know dysfunction in 1901 it is premature ejaculation I mean, we said vaginal walls two weeks ago. <laughs> so <laughs> everything's on the table now. Premature you know? ejaculation is just, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just kind of funny. I don't know which one do you find funnier? Bulldog's misinterpretation or Niles' misinterpretation? I would say Niles' is far less creepy. 
Yes. Just take it as a compliment. Take it as a compliment. Some some guys yeah. are just over very quickly. You know, <laughs> it's just it happens to the best of us. <laughs> so yeah, I would say you know because of the, uh, the the adverse connotations that you draw from Bulldogs comments, I'm going to give it to Niles. Um, interestingly, though, I think this scene is the first time that Roz gets referred to as the Angel of Death. Mm. Or as I mentioned, I mean, do you know who the Angel of Death was? Who was who was dubbed the Angel of Death? Oh my god! It's incredibly dark. I will say yeah, that. I do. I do know, but I can't remember. Is it? Is it in more recent history or kind of mid, like twentieth century history? Twentieth century history. I'm. I'm going to just take a guess that it was. I don't know. Tell me. I don't want to get it really wrong. Um, Joseph Mengele. Oh shit! Name. I was going to say na- Nazi camp. Um, yeah, it was Nazi. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into any, any details. I don't think. You know, but, but certainly his actions were yes Yeah, I mean, words. Yeah, well, words can't describe how, how deplorable and despicable they were. But um, it is, I think, strange that that's what they go to with Roz. That's the, uh, the yeah, dubber. It, it's very heavy, I think. It, and that's when I hear the Angel of Death, my mind immediately went to him. I was like, that's, that's heavy. I just you know? hate the fact that he escaped to South America, man. Like of all the people that I wanted. To freaking swing for it, um, but there you go. That's just just what happened. Um, feels kind of weird to be talking about World War Two with what's currently unfolding in Europe, um, mm. which is absolutely terrifying. Um, but there we go. James Earl Jones, what a voice! Um, apps like it's like silk. It's like honey. It's so rich and bassy, and I just could listen to this guy talk forever. Just before we get to James Earl Jones, I'd just like to give a shout out here to Moira. Moira, yeah. Who is played, I think, by is it Lois Smith? Mm. Um, and I think she does a brilliant job as well, actually. I mean, all the you know, all the focus good. is going to be on James Earl Jones, but I think Moira is phenomenal. I just love her right from the moment we meet her when uh, I think Roz says that you know she shouldn't be smoking his health warnings on them. And she just immediately hits back with, well, so do you, dear, but I let you in. Um, <laughs> I just, it's fantastic. So good. Um, so, yeah, real shouts out to her. I love her scenes. Um, but, yeah, J- James Aldridge, what can you say about this guy that hasn't already been said? Honestly. It's just, he's so recognisable in everything he does. He, he's got this phenomenal voice that you could just listen to forever. Um Interesting and, fact um, that, again, probably needs verifying, but I'm, I'm fairly certain this is kind of common cinema folklore. He was so... Obviously, he voiced Darth Vader um, yes. in, in Star Wars, but didn't, like, he wasn't the, the person in the suit. And I think the person in the suit didn't know that his voice had been replaced. Really? I didn't know I, that. I heard this. This could be completely wrong, but I heard that um, he only found out, like, at the premiere when... Oh, my God. He was like, that's not my voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, James Earl Jones was so sure that um, Star Wars was going to be a flop that he isn't credited in the credits. Um, oh, and I'm fairly certain he probably didn't get much of a payout either. Um, wow. So not one of his best creative decisions, considering <laughs> it became one of the biggest franchises of all time. But uh, yeah, a great, great voice, great iconic voice. Oh, the Angel of Death, nice gal. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so, unbelievable. So earnest, isn't it? I love it. Oh, so earnest. His nightly ritual nearly brought me to tears. Hmm. Um, the way he talks about Helen, the, the life mask, what an unbelievably beautiful touch. Um, just 
this is just amazing. Um, this whole thing just really threw me and knocked me for six. Um, yeah. yeah, it is really beautiful. It's so beautifully well put across from him by him, rather. He has such a tenderness um, and a gravity, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And it is, I mean, just the way he speaks about, you know, how it, it's a bit like the chair when Martin's talking about the chair for me. Oh, yeah. You know, when he talks about every night before he goes to sleep, he takes him back to all those wonderful years they had together. He's just, it's really. And sometimes he thinks she's still going to kiss him yeah. and take him off to bed. And... Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about it. It's so, Same. so sweet. And um, yeah, I mean, and he's just, he's got that real, he's got a real nice spark to him. He's got a real nice sense of humor. He's not a guy who's given up on life. He's not stuck in the past as much as he's remembering and, you know, making the most of those memories. He's not mm. stuck in the past. He's still living. The way he jokes about how he has to take one of his many, many pills. Yeah. You know, for instance, it's a nice little joke. And I mean, out of curiosity, I mean, what is your favorite James Earl Jones film or TV show that you've been in? I'm going to sound yeah. absolutely awful now, but I am not certain I've seen him in much, although wow. he's although he's been in so many things, yeah. other than the kind of big intellectual properties that we know. I can't, I, I'm struggling to say. I, I, I kind of a, maybe a more left field answer is I love his reading of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, which is probably the best reading of that poem I've ever heard. Um, but yeah, what, what about you? Um, I like him as a as a sort of left field choice. I really like him in Coming to America with Eddie oh, Murphy. Oh, I've not seen that. Oh, he's got he's like uh, there's a bit where Eddie Bur- Eddie Murphy's basically saying he needs to go and find a woman he's found the love of his life. Um, and James Earl Jones, it just like his deep voice, his brevity, uh, and he just raises his eyebrows and goes, "My son, I, I just assumed you slept with your bathers." <laughs> <laughs> and just, oh, I love it so much. Like he's just done such earnestness. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, oh, he's been in so many stuff and he's been so phenomenal in so much that he's done. I think I think for most people it's it's presumably going to be um Lion King. I think it it, it was Mufasa is such an iconic character in many ways, but um yeah, got 91 now, James R. Jones. Jeez, I'm gonna 90. be honest, I didn't know he was still with us. Yeah, still, so, still going. Um, glad to hear. Because I wonder how old still was that acting. Putting? I mean, he was in Coming to America in the sequel last year. Um, uh-huh. So, and he was in the remake of The Lion King in 2019. So he's still, still Jeez. going strong. He's yeah. still going. God bless him. Um, I don't love this plot point now with Fraser dropping the life mask. Um, yeah. One, Fraser is so careless, I could kill him. Um, in this scene, it makes me hate him. Um, and it's just really awkward cringe humor that like, I'm just, I'm desperate for the scene to end because I mean, I think this is kudos to James or Jones because he's made me believe in Norman and yeah. Norman's love for Helen. And I'm just like devastated for him that this, this one connection to his dead wife has been smashed. Mm. Obviously this is all undercut because he says, oh, it happens all the time, um, which is okay. And it's fine. And Frazier gets let off the hook. And I'm glad Fraser comes back and says something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't love this because it makes me feel just icky. And, and Frasier is just, be honest about it right from the start. The fact that he tries to cover it up. I mean, I know that's obviously caveated by the fact that at the end he does acknowledge it. He does say to Norman what he did. Um, but 
it's weird because it is funny in bits. Like the whole bit of him being on the ground, jumping and going, well, yes, I am. And then jumping back down again is quite funny to me. But um, realistically, it seems out of sync with Frazier's character. I think he would just own up and apologise and, and try and, you know, find a way to, to rectify the situation. It's a bit more, you know, tangible than just getting some denture glue or whatever it is, or denture, I don't know what he uses in the end, but um, yeah, just gluing it back on again. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I want to know what listeners going to make of this. Um, sorry, about the twins around. Can you hear them screaming? No, not really. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I can hear them in the background. Um, yeah, like, do people like this kind of, I like the choreography, even kind of like, you know, are you single? As a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> Dropping back below the bed and, you know, that's that's funny, but there, yeah, there's some elements I don't love. Um, so just be interested to get some opinions on that. I mean, Roz and Moira having a lovely heart-to-heart over a cigarette kind of while this is going on. Um, and then, like, you kind of get the sad moment where Moira repeats her story about hacking into the mainframe so she gets her sponge bath from Eduardo. And that's yeah. really played for laughs. And like, Roz kind of really rolls her eyes as if, like, oh, you're not that sharp. It's actually, like, a really sad moment. Like, yeah. I think the whole tone is, is off. Like, yeah. I think Roz should hear that and think, oh, my God, she's right. I really need to prioritise being young and, and free. Yeah, I um, much preferred it had she sort of... I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be that Moira was joking and that, you know, she knew she knew what she was doing by repeating herself. I, I didn't get that impression. I do, I think the, the scene would have a bit more gravitas if had Ross, like, for instance, maybe sort of realised Moira's mind is also not, not as sharp as it was and sort of taken her hand and, and been a bit more emotive with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is, it, it's something that could have been played differently. And it's, this episode, it, people I think are going to think that we're really ragging on this episode a little bit, being a bit harsh on it. But um, I think that it's not that it's a bad episode. It's not a bad episode. It's a perfectly good episode. I just feel like it could have been so much better. There was so much more potential in this episode that I don't think they quite worked out of it. Hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, no, I completely agree. It's a really, really good summary. And I, I think people will think that, but we're being critical because there's a lot going on in terms of A, B and C plot points here and like how we're making sense of them. Um, so, I mean, some some good lines still here. You know, she was an Elon lady before she lost her mind. And <laughs> Frasier definitely pulling their nose out from underneath uh, Norman as he sits up and knocking on the door. And everybody's like, come in. Come in. The way he says that is so chilling. I've only heard that on the other side of the door. I'm like, I'm not going in there. You know, what the hell is Norman going to do to me? Um, but yeah, so it's just, there's, I mean, there's some real kind of heart-tugging moments as well. Like when he says to Frasier, um, you know, you're a good man. There's not a lot of people left with your kind of integrity. Like the delivery of that line is absolutely A1. But yeah. just like, God, that hits you, man. Like someone yeah. like Norman, who presumably... I don't really know how it works because he's on, he's taking a lot of pills, but he seems very able for his age. Yeah. I mean, you can be on a lot of pills and be very able. I, I yeah. suppose he's, he's possibly just in a care home simply because, you know, maybe because he's blind and he's unsteady. Maybe I'm, he does I'm talk about an idiot. I completely forgot that he was blind for starters. He, he um, does. Um, he does talk about, 
um being tired a lot i think he said you know the worst thing about this i never used to, i used to be honest people never got tired and now he I'm does say that he does say all that. the time uh whereas i'm in my mid-20s and i get tired all the time so i don't know what that bodes i'm me. i'm permanently tired so yeah. i'm not surprised you are and you get about four hours sleep <laughs> you know your little corporate no, corporate I, lawyer I, your suit I, to lawyer i feel like um norman though no. norman never needed four hours he was just like just kept going through the night he just kept going um but yeah, like the the final final line of this episode, yeah. Do you want the light on or up? Surprise me! Like that ruins me every time. That's so funny. It is so um, funny, isn't it? I'd still want the light off, even if I was, you know, I couldn't tell. I'd be saying, yeah, save the save the bills, mate. I don't want to yeah. pay those energy bills. Exactly. The prices the, the, are skyrocketing. The, the bills on those places, like those homes, must be absolutely astronomical. But, um, but yeah, you know, Norman, lovely man, Moira. Not as sharp as we thought she was, Mrs. Edelman, wandering the halls. We leave this elderly care home behind uh, as this episode comes to a close. Um, is this episode in your top 10 key? It's not in my top 10. It's an episode I like more than I have made out over the last you know, half hour. Or Likewise. Half hour it, it makes it sound like I really don't like it. I do. I really do like this episode. I think James R. Jones is fantastic. I think Lois Smith is fantastic. Um, and I really like those exchanges between Ros and Moira and between um, Norman and Frasier. I just feel like it, so much more could have been done with it and it, it could have gotten a great deal more out of it. I don't find it, I don't like the bit with Niles and it's very, very rare I say that, but it doesn't work for me. Um, I'd have stri- I don't think I'd have had anything at either KACL and or uh, back at the apartment. I think I'd have done the entire thing you know, maybe a quick two-minute opening, but then I've spent the entire rest of it in the care home. Likewise. Um, I don't think you need the angel of death, but I think you can just go straight into um, Roz's in, you know, you could, I think you could open it with Roz and Frasier going to the care home, that they're there because Roz tends to do community service or or even actually, you don't need the community service. Have Ro- Moira been like Roz's like grandmother or great aunt or someone like that, or even a neighbour. Um, who she's going to visit and you could have had it much more emotive and Roz coming to terms with aging and, and the you know the fleeting nature of life um, and Fraser just wandering off meeting Norman and having that dialogue and you could get from the extra time you've got in that you could get a lot more of an emotive episode out of it mm-hmm. rather than these really really touching moments but which don't really go as far as you'd like yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think your vision for the episodes, what I, you know, wanted to see ultimately, but we we don't quite get. I like the idea of it being an hourly neighbour. I think that works really well. Um, and the only reason we have the Angel of Death stuff anyway is so they could have two people called Krantz and Goldenstein to kill, so that they could do this fun title. Yeah. Um, like I really get the impression someone just came up with this pun title and thought, and how, can we make an, around it. how can we make an episode out of this? And sometimes I really do think that's the case. There's no way this episode was written and then the title was cleverly devised. That's just no, that's not how it happens. It's too specific, too niche. Who have you gone for best actor pick? I'm worried that I'm going to cause a riot. Because uh, we're still not changing our rules. We're still not changing our We're going to have that cameo episode, aren't we? We're going to do that. We'll have the cameo episode. It's tough. I think it's between... I've been sort of umming and ahhing. When I first watched it, I was thinking Roz. Then I went towards Frasier. It's hard because the bits I like, I really like... I really like Frasier's sort of the comedic bit between him and Norman. I he's jumping up and down. Mm. I don't like the fact that 
he, he initially admits to say that you know he's broken the face mask and uh, albeit admittedly he does he does you know rectify that towards the end but I also really like Roz's relationship with Moira and the fact that she's really coming to terms with life and I think that she goes through more of an experience than than Frasier does in this episode because whilst Frasier gets to see that he does help people and that for him ultimately is what he got out of his chat with Norman that he has meaning and that his show helps people but for Roz, I think it's a bit it's a bit deeper in the sense that you know she gets to really come to terms with that she has to make the most out of life, mm. and that she can't just spend her life worrying about something that's beyond her control. I think that's a, I think that's something everyone does. I think everyone you know you you get to the end of the weekend and you you worry that you've wasted your weekend and you haven't got you know it's, it's a whole other week so you get to next weekend. But you know enjoy the time you have got. Enjoy you know the hour you've got left before bed. Um, and don't, don't don't dwell on it. So I think for that reason, I'd say in terms of my outlook, I'm probably more like Roz than I am like Frazier in this episode. For that reason, I'm going to give it to Perry Gilpin. Okay. Beautifully put. Beautifully summarised. And, and I'm you completely tr- disagree. I completely agree. And oh. I've, gone with, I've gone with Roz. Um, but I love what you say about, about time and about, you know, enjoy that hour here and that hour there and... I was literally having this discussion with, with Charles this week. Um, she's recently kind of changed jobs and her, her previous job, she was kind of overworked, underpaid, stressed, and wasn't just re- wasn't enjoying the weeks. And we were just kind of, we see each other, you know, most weekends. That's the only, the only time we can see each other at the moment that that's going to change a little bit. Um, so we're kind of both looking forward to the weekends a lot, but the weeks kind of just blur into one. And like, you can't live your life like that. You need to enjoy every weekday for various reasons. And even if it's just getting some kind of pride out of the work you're doing, um, you know, it kind of feels like the weekends exist in their own little temporal bubble. And then like, I forget all about the stress of job hunting and, you know, this and that. Um, and it all kind of hits you on Monday. But yeah, you can't, you can't live like that. You gotta, you gotta make the most of it every, every day. Um, and my God, does time get quicker and quicker the older you get. Oh. I've noticed that recently, actually. Just the weeks like, have been falling through honestly, my fingers like sand. Crazy to think that we're in March on Tuesday. I just... It feels like it was Christmas two minutes ago. You it know? feels like it was Christmas two minutes ago. It feels like COVID came two minutes ago, and yeah. that was at the beginning of 2020. I mean, yeah, you know, two crazy. whole years have passed, and we haven't got a fat lot to show for it, you know. It's, mm. it's pretty crazy. Uh, Kennedy Burling, okay, I'm on the ground. What minor felony did he commit to wind up doing community service? Oh, Kennedy does nothing minor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what major felony did he commit? Okay. I'm trying to think what kind of, what kind of felony could Burling yeah. commit, but he's got people and money to yeah. make him get community service instead of getting sent down to the clink. That's true. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, the great train robbery? Oh, man, that was familiar. That was Kennedy. Wow. Well, all, he was all four people. <laughs> he, he was all of them. <laughs> he was um, like, you ro- You needed four people to rob that train. I'm going to do it yeah. solo. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, do you know decimalization? I do. He was behind that. Wow. Yeah. People went to bed with, you know, four shillings, eight pence in their pocket, woke up with half of that. That was Kennedy. That was. Oh, my God. He has yeah. been around. <laughs> Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is play. Who's crane is it anyway? You might get this, Key. Um, right. If you're like me, you kind of work through the KACL script as, as, we're, as we're reviewing, you know, yeah. this, this might have flagged. But what is Jordan? Oh, I think I know it. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> I think it is um, Norman. He has this really beautiful line. Of, you know, 
I don't think there's actually a question of him being asked, what did you miss? But Norman certainly says to him, with, with the exception of not seeing some baseball players still second and, and not seeing Michael Jordan doing a slam dunk or something like that. On a breakaway dunk. Um, then I, there's not a whole lot I miss, feel I missed out on. I think that's really beautiful, actually. I, I mean. he, he's a man who's at peace with his life and what he's achieved. Yeah. Um, as in dear, I hope James L. Jones is as well, because he's lived a great life as well. He's just like Norman. He is. He's um, just so, like the, the nation's dad or granddad. Yeah. Um, but yes, key absolutely spot on it is Jordan. Um, it is Norman, rather, who says Michael Jordan. Shall we hop into listener mail this week? Uh, yeah, let's do it, mate. Raz, who's our next caller? I've just found um, out my barber's is open until six, and he has now opened. He was meant to be open at half nine this morning, and I went there at quarter past ten. He still wasn't open, so he had a bit of a lion, but he is apparently open later today. So. How did you find that out as he texted you? I sent Shan to go take a picture because when the shutters are down, you can't see the opening times. Uh, so you can only tell when he's open, when he's open. Right. So I sent Shan. Does he do a good the... job, the barber? No, no, I wouldn't say a good job, uh, um, but he doesn't speak to me and he's cheap. And that's how, how, how cheap is cheap. It's eight quid for a haircut. That is pretty cheap. Yeah. And he doesn't, yeah. there's no small talk. Other than the big how, how long does it take to cut your hair? Uh, not that long. Does your hair like mine grow really quick? Mine, well, yeah, pretty quick. I mean, it's pretty long now. Oh man! Um, oh my god! I mean, my, I like that though because your hair's got like the floppiness to it. Mine is so so thick. I, I wouldn't get any of that. Wow. Um, I mean, that's easier for you though. I'm, I'm constantly pushing my fringe out my face. I know. Do you think you, do you worry it's receding? I don't think it's receding. I don't think it is. Unless, it doesn't, it unless, doesn't look... you, unless you raise that now because you've noticed <laughs> it on Zoom. Doesn't look like it's receding to me. Um, my hair is quite thick though compared to like my brother's. My brother's got very thin hair. Mm. And my brother's hairline is receding. Um, and compared to my brother's, it's it, it's it's not. So it's a luscious I, set of locks. I think I take after my granddad and at the age of like 70 odd, he has still got a full head of hair. So... God, fingers, fingers crossed, mate. God bless him. Um, listener mail this week, Sydney Assbasket says, Well, gentlemen, I can happily report that this episode was as good as I'd hoped and just as good as the TV episode itself. What a pleasure to listen to. Firstly, I want to say when Key was talking about kitchens at the beginning, I wanted to scream out, who's the little boy are you? What enthusiasm he has for kitchens. Absolutely, Key, it was infectious. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of kitchens, but you took me to a old new heights. Uh, secondly, Sub-Zero is a famous brand of elite fridges and freezer in the US. So when he says home like a Sub-Zero freezer, he means the brand. It's a bit of product placement. I, okay. I spoke to Steve in the last episode that we did, of course, of To Kill a Talking Bird. I still maintain it's a stupid name for a freezer, considering that is literally their one job to be Sub-Zero. Um, but anyway... Beth and Laura are charming. Such a shame the brothers Crane messed it up as always. Fun fact about Beth, who Key rightly guessed, did appear in Will and Grace as Karen, whose husband is, I believe, just like Maris, never seen on screen. Oh, wow. I'm thrilled to hear that my little conversation with my friends over at KACL780 on Instagram helped spread the word of we're listening. Yeah, they uh, they put a little post up for us and it got like 300 likes or something. We got an influx cool. of new listeners. All thanks to Steve just posting on Instagram. So thank you, Steve. Uh, next up, I think we have MK. We um, do. Who says, uh, curse you both with these infernal good episodes. Uh, <laughs> I need to get work done, but I'm too stressed with all the unpacking of this golden content I have to do. <laughs> uh, for key, update on Murderville. First off, I didn't realise it's apparently based on a BBC show called Murder in Successville. 
it is. I've never seen that show, but I did know it was based off a BBC show. Mm. Um, having finished the first season since last I posted, I think you're 100% right that the success of each episode is based on the star. Uh, whilst all are good, some soar above the rest. I personally find that the more classically trained actors seem to take it more seriously. And in doing that, they lose some of the goofy fun that made Conan and Morshaw Lynch's episodes to stand out for me. But they, that is, again, just me. Uh, for Will, uh, Megan Mullerly is Tammy too, and actually married to Nick Offman slash Ron Swanson in real life. Very true. Um, in terms of fun bits and trivia for uh, Roz... The episode. episode. Um, yeah. another, uh, there is another layered example of how Niles can't catch. Um, Bulldog goes from complaining about doctors to invoking doctor-patient confidentiality very quickly. That's true. He notes that Niles says that Marius, of course, hates cruises uh, because of buffets and that she never partakes, yet she will still join the Voyage of the Dam next season. And we've been in Roz's apartment before this episode and saw no evidence of a cat, at least that he can recall. Oh, oh, did did she mention she has a cat in this episode this year? I, um, I think she must do. I think... Um, I missed that. She... Oh, yeah. She's, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Roz says everything dies on her, and Frazier says you have a cat. That's it. I do want to apologise to listeners because I I, I I don't know if I said this on air or, or not, but I lost half of my notes because I didn't save them properly last night. I also did it at about midnight um, and was drinking whiskey at the time. Um, so I basically have did a very poor job reviewing this episode, but there we go. Um, yeah, thank you, MK. Some lovely stuff there. Supermodel zoologist Kelly Easterbrook says... Hi, Will and Key. I found your podcast a few months ago, but just wanted to post here for the first time to thank you for all your work putting the show together. The two of you have a great rapport, and it's such a joy to feel like I'm sitting in on a relaxed conversation between two friends. Frasier is my go-to binge show and stress, and your podcast is now playing a similar role. I've been listening to episodes out of order, so for a little while, the identity and origin of the legendary Kennedy Burling was shrouded a mystery to me. The guy still gives me a laugh each time you bring him up. I'm a bit late with this, but congratulations on the PhD, Will. It takes an unbelievable amount of perseverance to accomplish that. You have a lot to be proud of. Thanks again for a great show and looking forward to many more episodes. Thank you very much, Supermodel Zoologist. That is very kind. Very kind of you indeed. Uh, next up, we have Chromium Sapling, who says, Hi, Will and Key. Sleepy Seattle-adjacent town guy here. Uh, just wanted to weigh in on your question about Washington public transport. As the largest ferry system in the US and the second largest in the world, Washington State Ferries is the centerpiece of transport here in uh, is it Puget Sound? Puget Sound, Puget yeah. Sound. Um, from where I grew up, the ferry was the fastest way to get to Seattle and many of the islands um, along the Sound. Uh, my maritime town actually has a fleet of foot ferries which take employees to our naval shipyard every day. The, or, the geography of the state requires some orthodox, unorthodox infrastructure, including all of the top four large, longest floating bridges in the world being on the Puget Sound. Uh, just some cool tidbits. Best, Thomas. Lovely. It's like coming Very from cool. the, the Seattle Tourist Board. It is, yeah. Um, but absolutely love that stuff. And obviously, knowing that I'm a, a fan of sleepy towns, Thomas, please keep your, uh, your sleepy town news rolling in. Uh, Cam Winston says, hi, lads, another episode. And if I'm correct, this listener mail is on your 100th episode. This is our 100th episode, Kay. Is it actually? Yeah. Wow. I thought we should have done something special. How bloody depressing. I've only (laughs) just mentioned it now. Um, How (laughs) shall you celebrate instead of a Fraser Crane day? How about we make it a William Key day? Anyway, food for thought. You've been full name there and not me. I mean, people love you as Key, man. It's iconic. Right, other stuff. Kitchens were discussed due to the fourth of the seesaw plot. Nothing wrong with a good kitchen, and we can get 
kit set ones in some of our hardware stores too. I find if you have a nice organized kitchen, the more you will want to cook and bake. Very true. That's true. Very true, true indeed. You want your kitchen to make you want to use it. You know, yeah. you don't want to be a cluttered space. Key, your impression of my New Zealand accent is not quite there. Keep trying. I expect all my listener mail to be read in my native tongue from now on. I mean, I'm not even going to try. I, <laughs> yeah. If yours was bad, I don't know what mine will be. I don't remember doing it. But, you've, um... got, you've got theatrical training, Key. Like, <laughs> you, you have some aspects of these accents. When Roz gets a community service or a speeding ticket, does that seem excessive to anyone else? I know here in... Oh, goodness. I, I, don't, I don't want to mispronounce the, the Maori there for New Zealand. Um, it's usually just a monetary fine and a demerit point on your license in the most extreme cases you can be suspended from driving for a period but community service could be more effective here in the uk i think if it's your first offense you go to a, a course you go um, to a speed awareness course after that it's points on your license three points on your license if you get 12 points your license is suspended but i suspect that it's not just speed if, if you're going sufficiently far over the speed limit and you got done for say careless driving or reckless driving perhaps yeah that could be it rather than just speeding perhaps for sure. I think if, if you were doing like a, a hundred in a 30, you can get outright banned, um, yeah. which is fair enough as far as I'm concerned, because that's just insane. But yeah, there we go. Thank you, Hamish. Uh, next up, we've got Argo Gargo Google Goop. Mm. Um, hi, Will and Key. Wonderful recap as always. I'm probably in the minority here, but as far as this episode goes, I found the Martin Daphne storyline story at least as memorable as the cabin scene. Uh, loved John Mahoney's acting when he's reading from The Rose and the Rapier in particular. And I always appreciate it when they do a callback to a minor detail from a previous episode. It makes it even more fulfilling for fans that way, just like it irks us when there are plot inconsistencies across episodes. I think that's a really good point, actually. I always love it when it's like um, you get a reward for having watched previous episodes. Yeah, I like that. You get the joke. Um, another more specific reason why this episode is memorable for me is that it's one of only two mentions of Singapore, where I'm from, in the entire series. Unfortunately, both are in an unfavourable light. This one with the flu variant and later on in season six, when Frasier laments the tone-death performance of the aptly named Miss Singapore in a televised pageant tele, uh, talent contest. But coming from a small and relatively unknown country, it's still somewhat of a plus to have any mention of us internationally, and all the more so to be in a top-notch show like Frasier. Wonder if any of the other international listeners here have any fond or not-so-fond memories of their countries or cities being mentioned in Frasier. Small note on Roz's Cranston Goldenstein are dead, it's one of my favourite clever titles of Frasier episodes, uh, even if it wasn't the most difficult of tasks to think of two surnames that would fit. Looking forward to your next recap. Take care, guys, and a belated congrats to Dr. Carol. Thank you very much, Arkle Gargle, Google Goop. Reclear puts, I love looking around B&Q kitchens too. Roz's Krantz and Gordonstein are dead. I quite enjoy this episode, partly because Roz finally gets an episode after so long. The plot is what makes it extra special. It's not the typical date plot which you would associate with Roz, but something completely out of her comfort zone. Yeah, very true. Probably one of the only episodes we're going to get where Roz isn't like just agree egregiously slut-shamed. Um, she's actually like doing something that isn't a man, <laughs> you know, which is nice. Uh, next up, we have Org Forth, who says, uh, you mentioned this episode that Four for the Seesaw and To Kill a Talking Bird are two of the strongest back-to-back -back weeks. I've actually thought about this a little bit, and I think my favourite sequence of two episodes in series order is The Ski Lodge, followed by Room Service. I'm pretty sure I won't put both, them both in my personal top ten, but they're really good together as a pair. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've, 
also, I mean, missed um, to kill a talking bird. Uh, I think it's a really strong episode. I don't, I don't know. I've not listened. I don't think the episode is out yet at the time of recording. But um, uh, no, is a really strong episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, uh, it is. I'm just, I'm just on KCL now, looking at, um, ooh, looking at the possible back to back. You know, the best run of two episodes, mm. um, decoys and dinner party, is very, very high up for me. Um, in season six, there is a particular run of two which i actually think would take the cake but i don't want to say because one not only is one of them in my top 10 the other one's probably in my top 20 one of those episodes is my favorite episode of all time and is unsurpassed by anything else and i'm so excited to review it um so i'm afraid i'm gonna have to keep shtum on that one but uh that's a fun game and something we can do like a live episode get everyone to post their favorite double double feature yeah, I'd say just from focusing on just the ones we've done so far, mm. I think um, as a bit of a left field one, I think Death Becomes Him and Mericon 3rd or 4th Street. Oh, I like that. That's a good combo, I think. It's a, it's a quite maybe not the funniest of two episodes, but it's in a certain theme that you could get behind. Author, author, travels with Martin. I've, got, I've done that the wrong way around, but those two. And Fraser Crane and my coffee with Niles. That's a four episode one, isn't it? That's, that's like an unbelievable final disc. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Flower Child, Dukes We Hardly Knew You. That's not bad at all. Oh, um, The Matchmaker and Flower Child. Oh, actually, that's much better. Yeah, The yeah. Matchmaker and Flower Child. Um, I like The Innkeepers and Dark Victory. Um, yeah. That's good. Season three has doesn't have many of these. I, I don't think it works well for season three. There's just so many episodes that... High Crane Drifter um, and Chess Pains is very, very, very good. That's probably the only d- double in three that I love. Um, yeah. Because obviously chess pains was a top 10 for me, and I love High Crane Drifter as well. Um, good night, Seattle puts another great episode, chaps. Keep them coming. I posted some thoughts on this episode to three days of the condo, but missed the boat on the recording, so I'll add them here. Four for the seesaw may well rank in my top 10 episodes. I absolutely love the scene in the cabin with Niles repeatedly interrupting an increasingly exasperated Frasier. Carlos's acting is fantastic, and there's just something about his facial expressions and the way he walks across the room to throw the phone in the snow that I find hilarious. Laura and Beth were both great guest stars. Pity we didn't see more of them. I agree that there would have been a lot of mileage in a longer storyline following the Crane boys dating a couple of friends. As other listeners have pointed out, Megan Mullally, um, not quite certain how you say her name, actually played Tammy 2, not 1 in Parks and Rec, as Will erroneously claimed. Although, interesting fact, Tammy 1 was in fact played by another Frasier guest, Patricia Clarkson, who plays Frasier's season 8-9 love interest, Claire. That is a really good... Oh, yeah, both, nice. both of them are Frasier's love interest. Ross's Krantz and Goldstein are dead is yet another example of the high standard of writing in season four, not least because of the episode title. Not quite my top 10, but I love seeing James Earl Jones as Norman. It's a bit disappointing that they didn't cast a blind actor to play a blind character, but this was the 90s and I feel as though the portrayal of his blindness was done sensitively. I agree as well. It's not play for laughs, um, which I'm really grateful for because obviously, you know, we still have elements of this show like Bulldog that have dated badly. Far too often film and TV can portray people with any form of disability as bitter and unsatisfied, so it was great to see a positive character who enjoys life to the full and doesn't think of his lack of vision as having held him back in any way. If you want a film recommendation, Sound of Metal is a great example of this for the deaf community. This has just come out, actually. It's got Riz Ahmed in. I've not seen it, but it looks really good. Sorry for the long comment, but I'm, a, I'm listening a bit behind, so jumping back and forth between seasons two and four. I just finished You Scratch My Book and have to ask, 
did Will ever finish writing his short story up the villa? Um, I think this must mean I can't even remember what short story this this would be. Um, I only I've only written one in like the last twelve months, and it was like it's like an American one about like a a traveling salesman who stays at a bunch of motels and leads a pretty lonely nomadic life. Um, maybe that was the story. Comedy is it? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe that was the story I mentioned. Was it? It's not the um, like the Frasier scripts that you're writing. I know you've, you've mentioned before about writing episodes of Frasier. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I've really fallen off the wagon with that. I've got some just so busy these days. Um, but that's still a, a pet, a pet pa- project. project. Yeah, yeah a passion that I want to do is have a whole season of uh, the lost season of Frasier, season four point five. Yeah. As it will yeah. be known. Um, but there we go. Next week, Key will be doing The Unnatural, which I really like. This is where Freddie learns that Frazier sucks at baseball um, and sport okay. more generally by joining the uh, the KACL baseball team. Um, any any other comments, Key? Any final thoughts? I think just to emphasize that I do like this episode. <laughs> I just feel, <laughs> feel like people are going to think I've got a really hard time. Um, it is a really good episode. You know, it's very sweet. I really love Norman. I really love Moira. Um, I'd have just liked to have seen more of them, to be honest. Yeah. And that that's my only critique, is that I'd have liked to have seen more of that and really emphasised it. But um, no, it's, it's a really good episode, a strong episode. And yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, perfect. Um, other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.